You're tuned into Forked Podcast. These are the COVID quarantine editions. These podcasts are to help people with their mindset and fitness during the lockdown. Literally every industry and individual is at the fork in the road, and these are the stories of people sharing their experience and vision of how we can emerge better. Today, we're talking to Dean Hollingworth, strength and conditioning specialist. He's going to share his story about how he's dealing with the lockdown, maintaining his own fitness, and how he's coaching his athletes under quarantine. Lip balm, it's like your, uh, it's your thing, right? Uh-huh. I thought that's before you eat. <laughs> um, and, and before any type of conference or lecturing or something, I go through a whole ritual of things that is, uh, I would say, borderline OCD, but that would be kind. no no it's, it's pretty OCD. It, it's it's spot on actually <laughs> I, I believe it no it, it's ridiculous the, the, wait it's only ocd if you believe something bad happens if you don't do it isn't it something like that isn't that um i'm not sure i i'm not sure if that's the the true definition to me ocd was just doing something repetitively that made you feel better also yeah. so when i'm in this type of environment where i'm going even just you know, doing a podcast like this or talking in front of a, you know, a group of a uh, hundred people, whatever it is, I, I get this thing going inside of me that I have to do this. I have to do that. And I just yeah. into it. Dude, let me tell you, you're not going to be doing anything in front of a hundred people unless it's online for quite some time now. That's okay. This but- thing was just getting kicked up for you, man. You're doing a lot of uh, conferences and you're being sought out as a professional in, uh, in tennis specifically, but I know yeah. you're a strength conditioning coach for multiple sports, but yeah. tennis is your thing. 100%. Yeah. So what are you doing um, as a personal trainer, strength coach, limited equipment? How, how are you bearing up through the uh, quarantine? Keeping you your know, strength I... up and keeping your physique, obviously, because <laughs> we've discussed that many times. Physique is an important thing, right? I think it's <laughs> a... Of course it is. I think it's the most important thing. (laughs) For some it is. I mean, for me, it depends on the day. Um, But, you know, I have a spinning bike, so I'm doing interval training, and I really enjoy that. And for the strength training, resistance training, whatever you want to call it, I have some bands, and my bands, you know, they – they're pretty thick, some of them. So I can position them like for if I stand on them and do a one-arm row, it feels like a significant amount of weight. Um, challenging my legs in the same fashion, I, I, the bands aren't as great for that. Yeah. But you have to look at tempo and you know the isometric holds. You know, If you start really working on that eccentric motion uh, in, a, in a split squat, coming down slow and holding it at the bottom for five to ten seconds and you do that 10 to 15 times that'll go get you for sure okay so you're saying slowing even if you don't have a lot of weights by slowing down your movements that'll help to uh um, get after the muscles a little bit more effectively 100 percent, and especially for people um, that have been working with heavy heavy weight you know, and, and doing repeti- repetitions of six to eight reps or, or lower, when you get into that higher rep scheme, it really does start challenging you in a, in a new way, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's really challenged me quite a bit. So I, I found it interesting. And also, you know, just switching, alternating from upper body and lower body exercises, you know, like just quickly off the top of my head, like a squat and a push up. 
and then a core exercise, those three together get your heart rate going quite nicely. So you say that even if you don't have adequate equipment, people can stay fit. Maybe not in their athletic peak, but everyday people like myself can stay fit working out at home with limited equipment. A hundred percent. First of all, listen, for the average person out there, there's no reason why you can't stay fit at home. If you want to start looking at some higher end athletes, depending on the sport, especially those like if you take a football player, for example, that squats hundreds and hundreds of pounds, that's, that's pretty hard to, to replicate. Um, but again, you can start working on single leg exercises. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really interesting to see how many people can lift a lot of weight. And then when you ask them to do like a pistol squat or a single leg squat, you know, just coming down onto a bench, how they struggle with that quite a bit. Interesting. So maybe during uh, the quarantine, because it's not going to last forever and gyms will open probably towards the end of the summer, I would imagine, you know, that's still a couple of months to work mm -hmm. on other features of your health, right? Well, why not? hundred percent. Hey. Well, you know, no, sorry. No, go ahead. No. And work on things, you know, listen, it's human nature to do things that we're good at and that we like, you know? So it's really easy to stay away from flexibility and mobility because, listen, uh, most people need it. Most people don't like doing it. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it's boring as heck to get down there and to stretch for 20 minutes and do mobility, you know, have open book and all this stuff, thread the needle. Oh, it's Open the book, sometimes. thread the needle. Interesting. Yeah. I've yeah, never heard these. I've never heard these. I think all, I know the book it's opener. All, like, it's really big in any type of rotation sport, and tennis is a rotation sport. So we really have to focus on the thoracic spine being, you know, optimum in terms of its mobility. Okay. Well, let's talk a bit about that because yeah, it was okay. interesting. Um, before I got on here with you today, I sort of wanted to look like I might have known a little bit about what I'm talking about. <laughs> as anybody who knows me knows I'm not I don't follow sports a ton so I'm not really, really? I yeah, yeah. interesting right really but um I went on um did you watch the NFL draft Thursday night oh, I know you did I know you did <laughs> uh, that's how was that how was the the NFL draft you know it was completely different this year because they had to do it online and it was a virtual draft but listen um it was good I'm <laughs> But not having the people there, the energy that, that I mean, it's a, sports is a spectator thing, right? If you have a sport minus the spectator, minus the eyes on the athlete, you don't get the same performance, right? We all feel it. If somebody's watching us, we feel pressure to perform better. You know, like, I think if you, uh, if you eliminate the, the spectator, it's going to change the sport. Do you agree or is that just I, me? I would not have to agree. I mean, you know, that's why they call it like home field advantage. I mean, the crowds behind you. I mean, that's how you get up for something uh, to go out there. Just, you know, you know, 11 on 11 uh, could be a different feel. I'm sure it has to be a different feel. The crowd does. You said it brings an energy. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I was watching, um, when I went to uh, sportingnews.com, it was, it was very interesting. Sportingnews.com, I was looking, trying, trying to look at like, what are professional athletes doing during COVID? And it was hilarious. You'd think that they all have these superior home gyms, 
But there was Roger Federer, actually, who was in his backyard. He had a green tennis board. And he was just lazily hitting the ball like he was yeah. practicing his trick shots between, between his legs. He looked totally bored. And uh, you see tennis, or you saw Olympians who were, like, lifting their couches. It, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. It was hilarious. And we think that they're all set up. So what are you doing with your athletes during um, – because they don't, they're in the same pickle, I would imagine, as anyone else. How in the hell are they staying fit or at least close to fit enough to perform in the game by the time it comes back? Well, listen, it's just it's everything we spoke about to this point. Um, thankfully, now with a little bit of the nicer weather, you can get outside and, and do some sprints down the street if you want, you know, to, to work on your speed and, and power. Uh, do, do some plyometrics. You can still do plyos in the house. I mean, as long as you don't put your head through the ceiling or something yeah. or through a wall, uh, bounce through a wall. But, you know, with, with some of the athletes I'm working with online, um, they, they have a little setup either in the basement or in the garage, and we can do some very basic fundamental movements, whether it's a split step to a shuffle, a crossover, working back, change of direction, working on bounding and hops. Um, that's really keeping them at a relatively high level. And especially with some of the junior athletes, I've actually seen some positive changes where they're getting better because they're actually probably training more now than, than they were during the season and have better recovery time. Listen, it's not ideal, but mm -hmm. I think most of them are doing as best as they can. What do you think happens to an athlete who doesn't have an event to perform for, especially a young person? Does a young person need that sort of carrot hangings that they, they know they have to strive for that? Or is that pretty much all athletes need the event? They need game night. Listen, I, I think it goes for all athletes. And, you know, if you look at the if you look at tennis, tennis is one of those sports where wow, they have so many tournaments throughout the year. I mean, every second week, you can almost- All canceled, play. man, right? Yeah, all they're all canceled now. Friendship. But in the, yeah. regular, in the regular, I don't want to say regular season, but in regular times, that's what's going on. Now, it's hard to keep training for something that you can't even apply what you're doing to. And, and the motivation, I can imagine- is, is difficult because you're like, it's easy to say, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm not playing a tournament. Ten, turn, tennis tournaments are canceled almost throughout the summer. So uh, I'll wait tomorrow. I'll wait to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to keep stressing the fact that it's not just training for your sport, but it's training to become a better athlete. And this mm -hmm. is a great opportunity for a lot of the athletes to take a step forward, even though you may not have the facilities to work out in but again as i mentioned you know some of the some of the athletes i work with really have a lot of mobility issues and you know this is a great time to work on it it's a great time to you can work on your speed you can strength is a little tough but you can still get stronger at things and just develop a, a solid foundation yeah do you think this is called on you as a coach in a different way to help keep an athlete um keep an athlete's mind opened or keep them inspired towards something that's not evidently in front of them anymore? I, I'd like to think of myself as a coach that's pretty much in touch with my athletes and always helping them, whether it's physically or mentally, to, to, um, to make some gains or, or to get better. With, I saw this morning, you know, I had a group of eight athletes and 
it's Monday and I get that sometimes, but they looked a little, like it was hard to get them motivated. So, you know, when, when the athletes are between the, I have between the ages of 12 and 16, you know, not the biggest talkers a lot of time, especially if it's not amongst themselves. But if you ask them questions like, Hey, what have you done? You know, what are you looking for? What are you looking forward to? Uh, how are things at home? You know, questions like that, just, it, they don't really get answered very easily. So it's kind of like being a dentist and pulling teeth a little, but I really try and, and get them to engage. So for example, Friday, what we did was I, I asked every athlete that I had on Friday was to select their favorite quote, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, it could have been Nike, just do it or something, but not just that. Tell me why you like it. You know, what's behind the reasoning there? So I, I really want them start to, to develop that mindset that, yeah, this, these are tough times, but we're going to work through it and we can still develop and get better, even though it's not an ideal situation. Well, here's an interesting thing. As you're talking, I was just thinking that this could be a moment that an athlete who has more mental discipline might actually surpass some athletes who just have more talent, you know, because, you know, if you're not, if you're naturally more talented, you might be naturally stronger, you might be faster, but here you are in an environment that you can't quite train those features, but somebody who's at home right now and is dealing with quarantine better mentally, they might emerge from this with an advantage. Listen, there's no reason why that saying, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard is, is a true statement. So yeah, of course. I mean, I, I can tell, listen, from the kids I work with, I can see who's getting better and who's staying put. And it's all related to dedication and their mental, their grit. Let's put it that way. Grit. I love that word grit, that they have a grit and they're still pushing themselves and still working hard for the day they can come back. And the other ones that always took an easy road, an easier path, they're, they're falling, they're falling behind a little. I mean, if you want to get fit and if you want to stay in at least the closest to peak form you can, you're going to find a way to do it. Of course. I mean, you just have to look at the Rocky movies, right? And we've discussed. I was you're, just thinking of that. You, you know, know I'm always rocks in your in your backyard. I mean, there's a way. Oh, I have no equipment. You have your body, okay? Yeah. And your body is a great piece of equipment. You want to make things hard on yourself? You can make things hard on yourself. I completely agree. And even like you said before, even though the good weather is coming, there's some people who were just out there running when it was snowing. You know, like in the beginning of this end of March, we were still, we're in Montreal, so we were yeah. still getting some snow, some pretty cold weather. And there were people out there running in the snow or in the, you know, there wasn't a hell of a lot of accumulation, but it was cold. It was snowing in the park. In the beginnings, our parks were open. So you're in there doing your pull-ups, doing push-ups, whatever it takes. Yeah. Listen, if there's a will, there's a way, you know, it's a, if you don't really want something, you can always find an excuse. If you really want something, you'll find a solution. And it's as simple as that. Like I posted on Instagram doing pull-ups, holding on underneath the, the dining room table. Um, <laughs> I, I also took a suitcase, a carry-on. Did you get your wife's permission to do that? If I, if my wife saw me doing pull-ups under the kitchen table, that would probably be the last pull-up I ever do. Uh, but you know, a carry on, 
your, your airplane carry-on, fill it up with a couple of big books. I mean, you can get 40, 50 pounds in there. You can hold that for a one-arm row, for lunges, whatever you want to do. You know? Yeah. I got a good um, tip for some people. The uh, big water jugs that you put in the water fountains in the office. It has a handle on it. It's yeah. about 30 pounds. Yeah. You can't buy any weights right now on Amazon, but mm-hmm. you can buy a big water jug like that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to cost you a lot of money and you got yourself a 30 pound dumbbell to do bent over rows because your back is, would you agree that your back is probably the hardest muscles to work outside of a gym? Oh, it's, you know what? And that's what's scaring me. That's a great point, Sean. That's what's scaring me is that you see all these people doing push-ups and push-ups <laughs> and push-ups and they're working the front and the back, literally the back, is getting not a lot of attention. I mean, that's how you start having shoulder problems, you know, getting the chest, pulling the shoulders yeah. forward. Yeah, it's, it's, it is challenging. I mean, like you said, pull-ups in a park, you could use the suitcase. If you have a TRX, um, those, those are the easiest ways, yeah. Maybe a chin-up bar, right? Maybe if people can get their hands on a chin-up bar. <laughs> yeah, like just make I, sure it stays in between the doors. There's too, many, there's too many videos. That, I mean, I appreciate the videos, but there's just way too many videos now of people hurting themselves training, and I, I, I can't stop watching. <laughs> Humans have way too much time on their hands right now, and they, we rarely use it productively. We <laughs> really stupid shit <laughs> i want to ask you a question though so if you were training and yeah. you were training with your jugs of water and you and it fell on your head or something yeah yeah would you post it i would most certainly post it <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah know, I, if it gets I, you a couple extra lights on uh, likes on instagram yeah for sure post yeah it. i like that real i like the real you know i'm a bit of a jackass by nature so i like to share that <laughs> Fantastic. So you're managing to stay fit. You're managing to keep your athletes' mindsets in place. If there's people out there listening right now, Dean, um, I know of everyday people like myself were listening, even things that you said, even though you're a specialist and you deal with primarily with elite athletes, I'm still hearing things that are very relevant to me. Like, you know, mindset, don't make excuses, find out what works for you best and just stick to it. Can you um, sort of go over what a person should be mindful of in their day, like from waking hour to bedtime? Like what can somebody's day look like? You know, and that's a great place to start because when we first started this self-isolation, I was talking to one of my players and she said to me, she goes, yeah, I got up at 11. And I'm like, what? Like, this is a person that gets up at seven every morning. Now is getting, going to bed at 11, goes to bed usually nine, 10 o'clock, going to bed at 12, one o'clock. So the reason why, A, she's having a hard time falling asleep is a lot more energy because mm-hmm. she was training so much. But the first thing we said that we put into place, I said, you need to set up a daily routine. You have to get into some type of routine every morning. Now, I'm not saying you have to get up at seven every morning. Maybe it's eight or nine, but don't start sleeping in and creating, I don't want to say a laziness, but a laziness, you know, like get up, do have breakfast, do some mobility work and just set up your day that you can follow and structures to really obtain your goals. You have to have a plan behind it. Try and keep that routine. I think that's really important, especially mentally. 
Okay, so getting up early in the, well, not early, let's face it, people will want to sleep in given the opportunity. However, getting up at a reasonable time and sticking to that time, yep. um, creating some type of um, agenda for the day that you want to follow. Like how do you control your nutrition during the quarantine? Well, um, as you, you know, manage to stay fit, you always look great. You're always in shape. So obviously you're not eating donuts and, you know, no, I mean, you know, certain things have changed because I'm home all the time. So, you know, there's always something that you can eat. So you have to, I have to be a little more strict with myself that every time I walk by the fridge or the pantry, I'm not, you know, rummaging through there for a snack right. or something. Um, I've incorporated intermittent fasting into my, my, my weeks now. How does that look? How does your fast work? My intermittent fasting, so I really try and finish eating by seven o'clock, eight o'clock, like the last thing, if it's, you know, maybe a, a cup of tea or something, um, that'd be my last thing by eight. And then, you know, I can start eating again the next day, 16 hours, that puts me at about 11, 12 o'clock the next day. Okay. And when yeah. you do start to eat, like what would your first meal typically be? Oh, that's a good question. That depends on the day what I'm kind of craving so okay um i might go, well i crave crave lucky charms but i'll never <laughs> have that right i'm not no but you know i might go with a protein shake to start off right away i okay. might go with um with eggs and 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 toast to start off i might have some type of um you know whole grain cereal it, 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 okay I, so I, you do have some carbs you get your your bit of a okay good yeah i'll do the car i have no <clears throat> listen i have no problems with that and okay. uh, yeah all right is it whole wheat toast yes absolutely okay good we gotta include it's, that it's not that healthy. white palm bread that is so amazing <laughs> for peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah that's right okay so that would be your first meal of the day uh, yeah. And you'll have snacking up until the next meal or you'll just go right to your next meal? No. So what I'll do, for example, today I did, um, I did a little bit of cereal and I was, you know, kind of full. And then uh, before we jumped on, well, before at quarter to three, I juiced. So I had, a, uh, you know, celery, carrots, beets. Ew, I was worried it was the yeah. other juice. I thought you were juicing. <laughs> that, that explains the jack. Yeah, well, you don't have to worry about that because hey, I'm scared no shitless of needles, so forget it. <laughs> and especially giving one to myself, God forbid, knock wood. Um, so you so juiced at three? Yeah, three o'clock. And then tonight, um, you know, vegetables and um, uh, pork chops. Okay. So yeah. you see, you can get a little bit of carbohydrate, like simple carbs in your diet because you're not eating a ton. You're no, like no, 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 not eating sure a lot and you fasted previous to, yeah. plus you train. Yeah, I, you know, and I did my interval training at 7.30 this morning, so mm. I really needed something. Like my body was like, when those 16 hours are up, I'm really yeah. ready to start. Well, and your muscles are super sensitive to the carbohydrate, yeah. especially post-training. So yeah. if you're going to have a simple carbohydrate best time to have it is right after your fast and a workout, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. And then um, sleep routine, how does that look for you? Because I know in the past you've shared that you have some problems sleeping. How are you optimizing your sleep in a stressful time? I wish I could report that I'm being successful at this. Uh, I'm not. 
Yeah, but you're trying. So I'm, what are I'm, you trying to do? Yeah, what you- I am trying. I'm, I'm trying. I really go to, when I go to bed, I'm trying some really deep breathing relaxation techniques mm-hmm. um, just to help myself. I, I don't usually have a problem falling asleep. It's my routine is somewhere I'll fall, I'll go to bed somewhere, let's say 10 o'clock, wake up at midnight, fall back asleep right away. But then at 3.30, that's the key hour. Do I go back to sleep or do I stay awake for a couple hours after that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I like about this, Dean, is that you're a fit guy, you're a coach, your mindset is often right where it needs to be, and you struggle with many of the same things that other people do. But what I like about what you do is you don't allow that to become an excuse to not practice or at least try to work on the things that you're, you know you can improve. And I think that that's very admirable. And I'm very happy that you're transparent with that because that helps people to understand, oh man, okay, this guy's got the same struggles and he's got the the body he wants. He's got the fitness he wants. He's got, you know, a good life. So I thank you for sharing that, Dean. I really appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, transparency, I think, listen, I'm not going to say stuff and sit here and go, oh no, I never have, you know, simple carbs or I never, I never have a beer or anything like that. I'm, no, listen, I, I want to have a, a well-balanced life, you know, everything in moderation, including moderation. All right, man. Well, D, I really appreciate you coming on Fork Podcast in our COVID quarantine edition here. So this is uh, what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks is just uh, going through uh, no more face-to-face work with everybody. I miss that. I miss uh I miss proximity to people. It really is something. That's, that's one of the things that I've had to work on a lot. I'm a very social person. I like to be around people a lot. And uh, this has been a big challenge. I mean, for me and many people, obviously. Yeah. But um, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all that with us. And you've given us some things to take away and put into practice. And uh, we're going to have you on real soon. Check up and see what else we need to fix in our lives during the quarantine and I'm sure it's going to be going on for a little while longer. Always a pleasure. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, I hope uh, people can take something from this and apply it to their lives and, and improve themselves. Yeah, we will. Thanks a lot, Dean. Thank you. Take it easy, buddy.